Ladies and gentlemen, for the 30th time, this is the Essential Wrestling Podcast. Not bad, right? Here we Not go. Episodes, but we finally have entrance music with an entrance song. Thank you to Ryan, Ryan Joy from Minister Belltime for putting that together for us. I feel like we've officially made it, boys. Welcome to episode 30. Uh, this is our Daniel Bryan running the Evolution Gauntlet, so to speak, beating Triple H and then winning the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship from Randy Orton, as well, uh, and he beat Batista in that match as well. Uh, so this is our big yes, 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 Daniel Bryan episode. This is our uh, Cesaro lifting up the big show up in a body slam position, carrying him over to the ropes and dumping him out to win the first ever Memorial Battle Royal episode. And most importantly, least we not forget, this is our Hulk Hogan in the Silverdome episode. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us on all of our, uh, our, our uh, media outlets. At the, uh, the Eastern Observer, on the I-95 Sports Network, on YouTube, and on Zingo Channel 198. With me, as always, on the bottom portion of our stream, our first ever PWB champion, the living legend, John DeCani. John, how was your Thanksgiving, pal? Glad to have you. Uh, Thanksgiving was good. You know, football football in uh, Turkey, always a good thing. And uh, again, so congrats on 30. Always happy to be here. Yeah, always glad to have you, John. And then uh, next to me, always in the top corner, John Smith. Uh, yeah, we got we got football on Thanksgiving, kinda. <laughs> kinda. It, it's whatever. It's hey, uh, that was a nice little showing by uh, Will Fuller. Uh, nice little season finale of him for 200 yards receiving. And then uh, I wonder why he got that much. Yeah, why you got to do me like that, Will Fuller? And don't forget, this is also the Undertaker ends his streak episode of our. Yeah, they try to try to keep it somewhat positive, but yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> about that. It's the Undertaker. This was this, this was the Brock Lesnar beating the streak uh, episode. That was just jaw dropping. I was just like everybody else, like jaw hit the ground. But on today's episode, uh, Kevin Owens has had enough of Roman Reigns. AJ Styles is set to challenge for the WWE Championship at TLC. Uh, Gary Maheffi is back with us to discuss uh, A-Kid's big win. His, he's, he won the Heritage Cup. Uh, so Gary Maheffi from overseas in Northern Ireland, he will be here to discuss uh, that with us. Ryan Joy from Minutes to Bell Time, uh, he is here always with us to discuss uh, New Japan, MLW, Ring of Honor, all of uh, the fun independent stuff. I actually wouldn't really call it New Japan independent, but um, all of, uh, the things that we don't cover, he takes care of for us and he updates everybody with that. Uh, I'm going to reveal number 17, and I've been waiting for this one. Number 17 on my top 30 favorite WrestleMania matches. We are 17 weeks away from the showcase of the Immortals. And, yes, you saw correctly on the Eastern Observer, I did my uh, failed attempt at Bill Shakespeare. I actually tried to write something, and uh, I put out my uh, my WrestleMania match predictions, my way-too-early predictions. Um, spoiler alert, one of them's already wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, make sure you stay tuned to the end of the show uh, to hear the details of our Jim the Anvil Neidhart autograph giveaway. Let me, where'd it go? There we go. 
Uh, Jimmy and Lamar had an autograph giveaway, a uh, picture courtesy of Sideline Sports and WWE memorabilia. So please make sure you stay tuned at the end. We will go over all the things you need to do uh, to enter that contest. Uh, we make our picks for this week's upcoming shows presented by Minutes to Bell Time and sponsored, as always, as you saw in the opening graphic, by ProWrestlingPick'em.com. Play against your friends. Play against the universe. Uh, we're going to main event the show with those picks for uh, – got a big week ahead of us. we got a huge heavyweight championship match in all elite wrestling at Winter is Coming. Uh, not to mention, uh, we got war games. I've been waiting for this one. We got two huge war games matches to pick. We'll main event our show with them, uh, but we're going to curtain jerk the show. And oh my God, we're going to curtain jerk the show with the six words us as wrestling fans have been waiting to hear for a week. Johnny Swinger is not guilty, Daddy. <laughs> The swing man did it. He is not guilty. He is a free man. And probably one of the most, it was the joyful, joyful. I know it's on my phone. It was up here. Um, John DeConi, uh take us through. I had to watch. I watched the live last week. I was in stitches. I watched wrestlers court again this, uh, this afternoon to make sure it was fresh in my head for this episode. And holy crap, I would have loved to have been a part of that. Oh, my God. Yeah, you, you can help me fill in. I What I'm about to go over is a slightly edited version because I didn't – I did not anticipate you being as giddy as I was, and I thought <laughs> this would get a lot more of a fast-forward than it's going to get. So I may miss a few things. Feel free to jump in. Gotcha. But, I, I, I wrote down notes. I wrote got pen and paper. <laughs> So the show opens with Scotty Demore talking to, as we found out, John Emmett Bravo's doctor. And before the doctor can really give him any news, Scotty tells him, it's all right, pull the plug. You pull the plug. <laughs> so the doctor explains that he's going to be, oh, he's going to live, but he may not be the same John Emmett Bravo that you remember, which, of course, Scotty decides is, wouldn't be the worst thing. So we fast forward to the actual wrestler's court. Uh, Swinger is defended by his only somewhat friend in the company, Madison Rain. Uh, the prosecutor, at least to start the segment, from the nation of litigation, DeLorean Brown. And of course, Judge Dreamer enters humming Man in the Box, his own pizza. <laughs> Strikes the pose before he takes the bench. Uh, but it would not be long before Madison Rain would object to the fact that the man who did the investigation of said shooting would also now uh, make judgment on it. So, real quick, we get uh, DeLorean Brown and uh, Judge Dreamer swapping spots. Uh, but unfortunately for Tommy, uh, it did not come with chest protector. Uh, he was very upset about that. But, you know, <laughs> on we go with the show. You better recognize. Better recognize. <laughs> better recognize. Better recognize Uncle Phil in the powdered wig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we start with uh, the first. They call the first witness. Follow Bach. 
who of course is sworn in on the latest edition of the PWI 500. <laughs> he doesn't have too much to say of note, uh, but Cody Diener is up next. He, of course, is the man who found the gun. Well, you've got the gun. Now you've got to do some uh, evidence tracing. So AC Romero is brought in as the fingerprint expert, which he immediately points out he is not. <laughs> but he did test the gun, and he did find Swinger's fingerprints, along with the fingerprints of just about everyone in the company, past and present. Yeah, shout out to Brian Pillman. How about that? Pillman's yeah. prints are still on the gun from when he pulled that <laughs> off. <laughs> what we're saying is that gun dates back to Raw in what, 1996? 97? <laughs> yeah. Like that's. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, eventually Swinger would have to stand, uh, stand trial and answer, uh, for himself. And, uh, although Madison's expert angle was that this crime took a lot of planning and, uh, intellectual thought, a lot of forward thinking, if you will. And essentially she kind of went like, now take that sentence and look at the defendant. <laughs> Should have been, he should have been found innocent right there. <laughs> Don't you bring the shovel, Daddy? Jeez. <laughs> uh, so Swinger's main defense for himself was the fact that he's got T-shirts, he's got a shoe contract. He's the O.J. Simpson of professional wrestling, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, prompted the question of, Swinger, when was the last time you read a newspaper? And, of course, his response was, 1991. Why? What I miss? I would have loved to have just been in on the creative meeting on this this whole thing and just unbelievable. Uh, I, I don't I, I don't know if I could have kept a straight face for 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, so keep going. Then Rosemary took the stand. As far as my notes go, right after this. Yeah. So uh, we got uh, Father James Mitchell. Oh, Father James Mitchell. I'm sorry, I forgot about the Father James Mitchell, uh, who leads into Rosemary, of course, uh, who admits at this point that she never loved Bravo. She was only using him for the ultimate power of his virgin blood on his wedding night. That's it. And this is the point where Bravo apparently woke up from his coma and walks in in, in his hospital gown and calls her a big bee. Well, I believe they do have a medical facility inside Skyway Studios down in Nashville. So yeah, he was he was stationed there. He was. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was kind of makeshift since they were using a uh, obvious coat hanger for an IV stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my first chuckles of the segment. <laughs> so, uh, so this leads us to uh, Bravo. Uh, he, he's a little scattered, so at one point uh, Dreamer had to reel him back in by grabbing and pulling at his catheter. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so Bravo says, you know, I, uh, you know, as much as he's upset with Rosemary, he knows she didn't do it because he knows who did. But the lights were out, Johnny. How could you possibly know who shot you? I smelt him. That's it. And we go to commercial. We come back. Uh, Larry D is on the stand. Once again, he's hooked up to uh, a lie detector, which I guess can now be... Uh, can uh, now be forged out of a uh, MacBook. Uh, but he, he's hooked up. He's questioned. 
And uh, there is no deception. So Dreamer poses the question again. Did you shoot Johnny Bravo? Only this time, he reaches in his pocket and pulls out the signature scent of one Lawrence D. Ring rust. He sprays Larry D. Larry D. morphs into Lawrence D., who, who is all too happy to absolutely admit to shooting Bravo for stealing the woman of his dreams. It was they, they circled right back to Russell House, and we thought that whole thing was pointless when we were watching it live. <laughs> but no, Russell House was a nice segue into the wrestler's court. All of this was just absolutely, absolutely amazing. I thought I said I watched it again. I was dying. Uh, real quick shout out to Isaiah Barber. Isaiah is a huge wrestling fan. Loves this podcast, brother. We love that you're watching. We appreciate you. We're hoping you're enjoying the show. Uh, and like I said, we're hoping. We're glad we found out uh, who shot Bravo. It was. Uh, <laughs> uh, Thanks for joining us, Daddy. There we go. So, uh, but we're going to get right back in, into serious, serious business here with Johnny Swinger because uh, they just announced a match before we went on air. Uh, we're going to get right back into him and Cody Deaner. Cody Deaner, uh, like I said, he, like you said, John the Con, he's so eloquent. He found the loaded, uh, the smoking gun in Swinger's standing pack. Uh, he might be, and also he's a lot bitter. He's a lot bitter, not a little bitter. He's a lot bitter about losing to the swing man. Um, a couple weeks back, like who loses the swinger? Apparently, two people, according to minutes to bell time. So, one of those wins was Cody Deaner a few weeks ago. Um, John DeCani, who do you got in this one? You got this, the, the swing man keep rolling here? Oh man, it, what a uh, feel good story it would be if he got on a roll here. But, but I think, I think, uh, Cody and perhaps even uh, a bailiff, uh, big cuz there are going to help him uh, right that wrong and uh, get get the buyback. I'm going to go with Cody Diener on this one. All right, John Smith, uh, you haven't tried that in house. Did you watch the segment? Did you watch it? Did you think that was just – was that silly? Was it stupid? Like, I, I was dying. No, it was it was awesome. I mean, there was a, a lot of references I'm sure I didn't understand. But, um, I mean, just the whole D'Lo Brown looking like Uncle Phil, you know, like <laughs> – D-Lo going, bam! Oh, I always wanted to do that. When they announced him as the prosecutor, he was walking down the aisle. He was doing <laughs> the shoulder. <laughs> right there, I was dying. And then Swinger, forget John the guy, we got to make Swinger had the neck breaks off for sympathy, daddy. Yeah. Yeah. John Smith, John Smith. Who do you got, uh, Swinger versus uh, Diener? I got the swing man, daddy-o. Swinger also defeated M. Jackson on April 14th, so uh, Mike Jackson, I guess. I, all right, that that's why we had Ryan Joy backstage. He uh, he helps us out with all this stuff that we can't think of on the top of our head. Uh, I'm you. going with the swing man as well. This is going to be a streak. This is uh, that loaded fanny pack. There's going to be something else in it this time, so hopefully, uh, I don't know. I just say this is too funny for this just to end on, you know, with a Cody Diener buyback. That's just, I don't know. Uh, John Smith, Rich Swan had a uh, Impact Heavyweight Championship match. Going back to more serious wrestling uh, with Impact, uh, he defeated Ken Shamrock uh, to retain the title with a reversal on the sleeper, a la uh, Bret Hart on Roddy Piper, a la Bret Hart on Stone Cold Steve Austin um, from way back when. Uh, but then here comes Sammy. Yeah, well, 
I mean, Sammy came out with Shamrock at the beginning and quickly got ejected for pulling on Rich Swan's leg. But then um, that gave Swan the chance to to come off like a house of fire, get get some offense in. But then it was pretty much Shamrock all match after that. You know, Swan got some offense in here and there, but it was mostly just Shamrock beating him up and reversing what he was trying to do. And then uh, you get to the end of the match. He's got an ankle lock on him, switches to that chokehold, and Swan stacks him up for the one, two, three. And Shamrock was not pleased about that because he went and punched the referee right away. (laughs) (laughs) You're the most dangerous maniac, right? That's what they called that. Exactly. So then – Sammy comes out and starts beating up Swan, and then Eddie Eddie Edwards comes out, and then he just gets it handed to him, man. Oof. I don't, I don't yeah. remember what they did to him, but he was not looking good afterwards. Yeah, it was gushing all down the side of the head, and that's the thing. If you see, if you see Sammy Callahan with a baseball bat, um, Eddie Edwards is not going to be too far behind to make sure that uh, what he's going to do to somebody else doesn't happen what happened to him. Uh, is that Sammy broke his orbital bone? You know, in I guess in real life, you want to break KP, whatever. It, it shattered. It was it was a screw up uh, with the, the wrong style of chair. It was just it was just bad, and it's hard to watch. Uh, so Eddie Edwards always tries to make sure that it doesn't happen with anyone else. So to be continued. I mean, was, I guess to be continued, we're picking right back up with Sammy and Eddie. Um, hopefully, they stay safe. John DeCani, uh the Good Brothers, they were uh, teasing the phenomenal one returning. Uh, to fight Ethan Page. If Ethan Page got the win, then North would get the uh, tag title match that was owed to him. I, the little, the little loophole in the storyline here. They get a rematch in Impact. They still do that there. Um, my guess was Sex Ferguson. I was wrong, but you got it right on the head. The Survivor Series tradition continues. Yes, yes. It, it, it was all. It was on us. We were mishearing them. It was not the phenomenal one. It was the we nominal one. AJ Taylor Tyler thing again. You know, I, I thought I was talking to Tyler with the proctality. It was Taylor, my buddy Taylor. I had nothing to do with Tyler. Yeah, that'll mess up the whole thing. But yes, we had we had AJ Swaggle. Uh, <laughs> we had AJ Swaggle defeating Ethan Page uh, uh, with Alexander at ringside, who was pissed because uh, very early on in the show we found out that Doc Gallows is out four to six week, weeks. And Ethan Page was kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge, taking credit for it. And Alexander mm-hmm. was like, so we've got to wait four to six weeks to possibly get our titles back? What do you think, man? But Alexander was out there to support his buddy. And uh, he at one point uh, reached in to grab uh, 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 Swaggle's leg, which led to Carl Anderson coming down uh, to break up the festivities. Uh, Page jawed a little bit with Anderson back and forth. And that allowed the we nominal one. To hit a schoolboy roll up for the pin, and after the match, we had yeah. uh, uh, backstage. Afterwards, we had uh, Brian Myers basically telling uh, Swaggle, Crazy Steve, and TJP that they all suck. Yeah, pretty nice. He's, he's he's the Baron Corbin of Impact. Brian Myers, he just just rains on anyway. We'll get to that segment in with Baron Corbin. You know, Buzz Killington. I think I called him in my notes. Um, <laughs> Professional yeah. bummer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, going further into Impact, uh, Kimberly defeated Killer Kelly. Uh, they, it was kind of like a warm-up match, a warm-up match for the Knockouts Tag Team Championship Tournament. Uh, Kimberly had Deanna Perrazzo in her corner. Killer Kelly had Renee Michelle. Uh, fun little fact about this little man: all four of these women, uh, many young classic alumni. 
uh, let's see, two, oh, I forget the two of them were in the first one. Uh, I believe her name is Shell and Kimberly were in the first one, and then Killer Kelly and Deanna Prazo were in the second one. Uh, so those are four. Those, those these four can go. They can prove. They prove that they have. Kimberly got the win with a Swanton uh, Swanton uh, off the top rope. Uh, Post match, we got to see both Susie and Sue Young. That was pretty crazy. We keep on forgetting. Now everything we watch is live. We forget that impact. Uh, you know they kind of do this ahead of time. So yeah. I was waiting for some kind of swerve. Like who's this? Who's this new Sue Young? Who's the president? Oh wait, it is Sue Young. So they're playing games with, uh, with Deanna Perrazzo and Kimberly. Uh, look for that going into final resolution next weekend. We'll probably find out more about tonight because Deanna Perrazzo, uh, she's making a deal with the devil here. She wants the father, James Mitchell, because, you know, he's one guy that specializes in Sue Young, uh, Sue Young problems. And Deanna knows that. Kimberly knows that. They went. So who knows uh, where they're going with that. Uh, but going uh, with the uh, Lockout Women Tag Team Championship Tournament, uh, Kiera Hogan, Tasha Steele, they defeated the C-Stars. Uh, and a match that was filled with puns, so I'll just keep going with it. It was a whale of a match. Uh, Hogan won with the uh, spinning neck breaker that got Delmi Exo hook, line, and sinker. And uh, it just—it really just seemed like the Sea Stars were were just were small fish in a big pond here compared to what they're used to fighting. So, but maybe we will see that again. So we'll look at the updated brackets. Um, as you see, uh, uh, top parts of both ends of the brackets are complete. Uh, Kara Hogan, Tasha Seals, they won match, like I said. Havoc and Nevaeh, they defeated Tino Dashwood and uh, Alicia Edwards two weeks ago. Uh, going into tonight, continuing the tournament, uh, we have aforementioned Killer Kelly and Renee Michelle. Uh, they're going to go against Jordan Grace and her mystery partner that was announced last week. And she went with a heavy hitter, John DeCotti. She's going with Jazz. And this tournament just got a lot more interesting. You are not you kidding. This one? Yeah, uh, I mean, come on, you're not, you're not, you're not bringing Jazz in, uh, not for her to do a little flexing. So I think uh, Jordan and Jazz now are. Whoo, if, if you had a bet on this tournament ahead of time, the odds just shifted a lot. Yeah, they just shifted right down there. As a Jazz has been out, we haven't seen Jazz in a while. I can't remember the last time I saw. I saw her recently. Uh, she's just like I, I mentioned. Uh, there was the match from WrestleMania 19, John Smith. The triple threat match was in my WrestleMania top 30. Uh, it was Jazz, Trish Stratus, and Victoria. And, and Jim Ross, as Jazz was walking down the aisle, that is a young looking, mean Mike Tyson. And I mean that in the most positive way possible because she's about to whoop somebody. Oh, yeah, she's gonna whoop somebody tonight with Jordan Grace. And you missed a softball with that Kira and Tasha thing. They were making them see stars. Ah, there you go. <laughs> nice. Uh, Ryan Joy chiming in. She was at the NWA 70th anniversary in 2018. It was the last time he saw Jazz. I can't. I don't remember watching that show, but oh, wow. who knows? Uh, I am going to be. Yeah, I'm going with Jordan and Jazz too. It's, it's nice to see uh, Killer Kelly and Renee Michelle. For those who don't know, Renee Michelle uh, is the beautiful bride of Drake Maverick that was withholding sex from him while he was defending the 24-7 championship. Uh, who knows if he ever got to consummate the marriage. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that, that'll be interesting to see where this tournament goes uh, once that goes up. And the winner of that faces uh, Tasha. No, the winner of that faces Havoc in the Vegas, so that should be pretty interesting. 
Um, Eric Young and Joe Doring interrupted a match between Falaba and Davari. Uh, Rhino came out for redemption after the attack that Eric Young and Joe Doring did on Rhino, and we assumed that on Heath Slater, they shut the door, Slater's injured, so they just, uh, just assumed that that happened. Uh, so to continue with those. Uh, Crazy Steve. Uh, <laughs> Crazy Steve. Okay, so let's rewind. They had a Ro uh, Rohit Raju uh, defeat Rohit Open Challenge. Uh, Rohit Raju did not put the title on the line, so I'll take that as a win. So here we go as the scoreboard continues. <laughs> uh, that ties him with Eddie Edwards um, in the uh, the, the all-time Open Challenges. We're chasing John Cena here. Uh, Rohit Raju did not put the title on the line. He thought he was fighting suicide, and it was absolutely incredible match. Everybody thought that he was going against uh, TJP, including myself. But then here comes TJP at the top of the ramp. Hey, it's not him. They pulled the mask off, and it was Crazy Steve. And I was like, yes, so that's two weeks in a row now. We got to see Crazy Steve, the actual wrestler. And I'm telling you, this guy is absolutely phenomenal. Not even the fact that he's blind. The fact that he's blind is even more incredible. But Crazy Steve can go, and he actually got the win in that match, which is going to lead us into tonight's X Division Championship match. Crazy Steve, uh, he can come out dressed as himself with his monkey. Uh, he's going to be challenging Rohit Raju. And like I said, Rohit Raju, we're looking at history here. We're chasing Bruno San Martino. Rohit Raju, today's day 109. Uh, like I said, they're already putting the countdown. He's chasing Bruno San Martino for the longest uh, championship reign in wrestling history. So, John Smith, uh, what do you think Rohit Raju is going to do tonight? You know what? I bet against Rohit Raju a lot lately, and I'm always wrong. So, I'm going to bet on him this time. So, I'm going with Rohit. There you go. John DeConi. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I kept thinking it was time to change, time to change. But now, uh, you know, he finds a way. Man always finds a way. And it, there's got to be more to this putting off TJP because Rohit has the belt. So he's definitely, I believe, he's going to carry it a little longer. Yeah, and I made an error last week on air. I'm going to correct it right now because uh, my beautiful bride, when we were watching last week, she likes to see who's under the mask. But she actually looked up uh, who Suicide was. Um, two weeks ago, Scott Demore was saying TJP can't challenge, but other people, other personas can. Um, I know TJP was Puma. I know TJP was Manic. Um, he was suicide at one point. He was one of the suicides. At one point, suicide has been a recurring uh, character with different people playing that character, including Caleb with a K, which I blew my mind. Uh, Caleb with a K was suicide for three years, actually. So uh, that, that just blows my mind. That is the, the guy that's taken Emma. Uh, Emma, that's 10 push-ups. Taking Tenille Dashwood's uh, photos was actually suicide for three years. Um Chris Bay was in the back. Uh, he was trying to sweet talk uh, Rich Swan into a heavyweight championship match, saying, you know, this is dollars, this is money. You can feel the money in his wallet already. Uh, you can see it now on the marquee, Rich Swan versus Chris Bay. Uh, he told Willie to take a hike because he had to talk business, called Willie the loser, and that's where we're going with this one. So, uh, John Smith, will leave you again. You got Big Willie, who had the greatest entrance music in wrestling today. Where are we going to go? Is it, is it Tuesday night? Um, I don't know. I think they got something planned for Bay, so I'm going to go with Bay on this one. I agree. I agree. I'm going to go. Is it Willie Mack? You know, Ryan Joy likes to go with the records. Willie Mack has lost, uh, let's just go with six of his last seven, and his only win was a reverse uh, decision. 
because Moose was beating him up too badly after he lost. <laughs> so John Degani. Yeah, my heart goes out to Willie Mack, but I think the the, the losing continues here because it seems like uh, there's something in, in the works for Bay. All right, the last match that we have pegged for tonight, Alex Shelley, he's back. Uh, he's looking good. He's ready to roll. The, the Motor Machine, the City Machine Guns, they have a three-pronged game plan for their future. Uh, the second step of the plan is the North. The third step of the plan is the Good Brothers and regaining the Tag Team Championship. But the first part of the plan is Triple XL after they attacked Shelly while he was hurting from the attack from the North after Bound for Glory. So uh, they're going to get out of tonight. John DeCani, who do you got? Uh, give me the machine guns here. I, you know, I want to see them get back in the uh, the title hunt. John Smith. Yeah, I'm going to go with the machine guns also. Yeah, I'm going to stick with them as well. If they got a three pronged attack to get the back to the tag titles, you got to think they're going to, you know, they usually win the first two. You know, the third one's the only one that's in question if they, you know, they follow through on their mission. So uh, we'll take it easy. You know, we'll, we'll take the easy, the, I won't say it's a layup, but uh, we'll take the win over Triple XL. Gentlemen, we're going to bid you adieu for uh, a few minutes here. Uh, we are going to bring in Gary Nehefi. Yeah, my groceries. We have to put the, uh, the Impact logo up. So. Uh, we're going to bring in Gary Mahaffey all the way overseas, Northern Ireland. Gary, let me get that off your head. There we go. How's everything going today? Top of the evening to you. Uh, not going too bad. Things are good. Things are good. Well, all the better for being here. Yeah, and we always appreciate to have you. Uh, we This tournament, we started off strong. At least I think I did. Thinking no MDAR. I thought I was, you had a little bit of an upset with Flash Warrior Webster on the first round. Uh, we didn't do a very good job picking this tournament because we were wrong again in the final Akin got it done in overtime in an absolutely uh, thriller of a match. The match we knew that one was we weren't wrong about that. We knew this was going to be great, but uh, yeah, Akin got it done. We were ju we were just being humble and letting other people. We we didn't we didn't like to show off our, our knowledge. That's what it was. No, it really was. I mean, considering when they signed Akin at first, the the whole talk was great flyer, great potential. Let's see what they do. Mm -hmm. And actually, the whole way through this tournament. He has shown himself to be unbelievably fundamentally sound. And the match that they had was superb. And can I say, in case I do forget, I want to give a big shout out to the referee of that match because there were things that happened during it when he was giving the guys time cues and he was in the right place, but stayed out of the way, if you know what I mean. He mm -hmm. did a brilliant job in that match too. He was an integral part of that. It was brilliant. But it was just a superb match. Wow, that's not something I wouldn't even think to, to look for. I kind of really just don't even pay attention to the referee unless he gets knocked down, but that's good. <laughs> oh, um, Akin, he won with that Liu Kang kick. That's what I'm calling it for Mortal Kombat. They haven't come up with a name of it yet. He got uh, the pinfall in the third. Uh, Trent Seven hit with a matchbook cover with 30 seconds left in the sixth to send it to overtime. Um, and then Akin again, and that bread and butter is that stretch submission that uh, that where he yeah. tied his arms. I don't even know what we call that either. I was like, Punched Alf in the face right there. I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, he's won. He's won all three of his uh, second falls in the tournament with that move. Yeah, I mean he has an accent. Even it was it was funny because when I was watching it, they obviously did the the false finish in the fifth round as well when he almost had him beat and the yeah. bell went when he was at like two and a half. But it really was. You say he's won. He's won the matches the second fall with that, with that hold. They're really putting him over strong, and it's good to see. I mean, obviously the hope was. Uh, or I thought, right, they'll put Trent Seven over and make it a here's my one last run type thing. But to give the, to give the future their nod and to give it the AK and put a bit of steam behind him, 
I thought was a really good move. It was an incredible match. They're a really, really good tournament. Yeah, I think, and I really hope this comes a yearly tradition. Uh, hopefully, you know, it's on the same time next, uh, you know, October, November. We're talking about this again. And then, uh, you know, like I said they'll be in the Dusty Roads. They did it with the Dusty Roads uh, Tag Team Classic. That's hopefully going to be starting up soon as well. Uh, I believe, hopefully, and I think they did it in January uh, last year. So, um, Jordan Devlin, he had his, I said his first defense since the pandemic. We'll just keep it at that. I don't know if he's defended it before. I know he won it in January at Worlds Collide. Uh, but he had a nice win uh, with the Texas Cold Leaf over Amir Jordan. Yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting. I mean, Amir Jordan got a little bit more offense than I thought he would. Uh, but Devlin was always in control. And it does look to me, if they can do like some sort of when worlds collide type situation again in the new yeah. year, they are, they're keeping Devlin strong. They're really pushing the fact of like, I'm the cruiserweight champ. There's nobody else's like everybody needs to come fight me. And so he really is. They're going to, you're going to keep pushing through. I do assume down the line that Kenny Williams, uh, Amir Jordan's tag partner will get his shot yeah. uh, when he's pretty fit. Uh, so I assume that'll happen at some point as well, but they really are keeping Devlin really strong. Yeah, they are. I know we're kind of waiting for a world to collide here. Actually, I, I've been kind of promoting myself here, shooting, my, uh, put myself over uh, with my way too early WrestleMania uh, article that I wrote for the Eastern Observer. Um, I did throw some takeover matches in there just for fun, without really any explanation. Because people, you know, I put about fifteen matches of WrestleMania. That I'm sure people were sick of reading at that point in time. Okay. So I didn't really I, yeah, I saw you. You have them against Kushida. Yeah, so I had Kushida. Okay. I had Kushida eventually beating. That's just been mine and Tyler's thing since episode one. Is we want to see Kushida as a cruiserweight champion. Uh, and you know, Kushida's been winning a lot lately. He's on a nice little win streak, and he's looking great. Um, and we just kind of think that you know him and Santos would be absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. For like a January takeover, and then if you put him, uh, Kushida and Devlin, that would be absolutely just it would be absolutely immense, it would be superb. Uh, with the women's division, I love how they throw at least one women's division match each week. This week it was Ginny and Isla Dawn. Uh, Ginny got it done with her vision of uh, version of the STF, yeah. I mean, and again, when, when the match was over, I mean, she called out Piper and everything and keeps taunting Piper. Yeah. But I did think it was interesting. It was during commentary and stuff as well. They were talking about how Isla Dawn needs to get a bit of, like, she needs to get a bit of momentum going. She needs to get something happening. And then she lost again. So there were a few subtle things throughout the whole episode where the commentators were dropping stuff in. And I'm actually hoping that they use this long term and they start to call back to stuff like this. That maybe in the next month or so, you'll see Isla Dawn getting a wee bit more aggressive and stepping yep. things up a wee bit to try and show what she's got. Yeah, they said they're, they're dubbing her as the White Witch, right? You know, she's yeah. the, the face and whatever. You know, you, you kind of she probably has it in that character where she's gonna snap and I don't want to say you know cast spells on people, but like, yeah. uh, you know, there's there's got to be a darker side to Isla Dawn uh, lurking in there somewhere. I think they're just yeah. waiting for the right time, and that's how you bring the, the worst out of people. They're on a losing streak. They lose, they lose, they lose, and then they eventually they snap, and then all of a sudden they start winning again. So uh, yeah, good call on that. Look for that with Isla Dawn. And Gary, I know, I know when you were watching NXT UK, you know the biggest part of the episode for me, the biggest smile I had on my face was Noam Dar announcing the Supernova hey, Eleven Noam, Sessions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Supernova Sessions. They're coming soon. They didn't say they when they, when they were going to debut. Uh, Brian Joy and uh, and I briefly discussed it. Uh, I don't know if we discussed it on air or not on Monday on the Daily Wrestling News Show. 
But uh, who who would you think is if this is an interview show? Who would his first guest be? There's only one obvious choice. I I don't know. I, I find it, and I was I was trying to think, but I'm not. I'm also I honestly couldn't figure it out. I, I would be think. himself. He would only the only person that would want to interview would be himself. That's that's. I thought you were going to say Zab Brookside. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that that's going to be the session. That's going to be the one. That's going to be. Yeah. The no, I could see. I could see him doing something even like the like a Trent Seven actually bringing him on and just completely mocking him for being an old timer and being yeah. in the past that they can't do it anymore. And it starts takes it an entirely different direction. So. But it'll be yeah. good because he does have charisma hanging out of him. No, he really does. So yeah, and this is going to be a cheap way for him to get uh, book himself into matches and book himself yeah. in the feuds because all he needs to have a guest and kind of do what Miz does and just talk yeah. trash. And then that's yeah. there you go, off and running. We got two matches booked for this week. Air, uh, your guys are back in action. We have uh, Flash Morgan, Webster, and Mark Andrews. We haven't seen them uh, since the relaunch. Uh, they're going against the um, the hunt with Eddie Dennis, uh, who said they've been they, the hunt have been uh, behind the attacks uh, throughout the course of the year that have put Andrews on the shelf, and more recently, uh, Flash Morgan Webster after his Heritage Cup match. Uh, who do you got in this one, pal? Uh, I think while I would love to say that Flash Morgan Webster and uh, Mark Andrews will do it, I think there'll be. Shenanigans of some sort of Eddie Dennis will be will be involved somehow. And I think that the Hunter are going to take it uh, by hook or by crook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. I think that I was just doing something in my head. Did you say the Hunter? I'm <laughs> sorry. You say the Hunter? Who did you who did you pick? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, the, the, the Hunter. Yeah, I think the Hunter. The hunt too. I, that was my exact thing. Just get, you know, if they just got Eddie Dennis, you might as well use him right off the bat, right? You know, that yeah. makes the most sense. And then uh, we got a great match. We're not wasting any time with this one. After the altercation that we talked about uh, in passing last week, um, after Joe Coffey's victory over Sam Gradwell, Alexander Wolf had some things to say. Wolf went into Sid Scala's office and demanded that this match happen without Gallus at ringside. Uh, Scala said, sure, but Imperium can't be there either. So we're going to have a one-on-one here. Yeah, this is not going to be a Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. exhibition match. Nah. This is this will be two boys knocking each other's head in, um, and I can see that uh, Joe Coffey going over. I think they really are. They're putting a lot of of, of steam behind Joe and Gallus in general, and I think that he'll that Joe Coffey will come out on top. Yeah, I completely agree with that one hundred percent. I think uh, if Alexander Wolf wins this, this is going to set uh, Gallus back. If they win it clean, I guess maybe Alexander Wolf could cheat. You know, I guess that's yeah. a chance too. There's something where Joe Coffey doesn't look. Uh, the weaker yeah. of the two because Joe Coffey yeah. is a bad man and uh, he looks good right now with the, the, the working out he did in between the pandemic. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Gary, thank you as always for staying up late with us. We appreciate oh, you. Uh, I know you didn't so ce- uh, you don't celebrate over there, but we were thankful for you on Thursday. We were thankful to watch the Heritage Cup final because, like I predicted, that Lions game was just absolutely awful. Uh, <laughs> it gave me something to make me smile on my Thanksgiving Thursday in the afternoon. So, Gary. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us. We will see you next week, my friend. Yes, I shall see you then. See you all later. All right. We are going to bring back in John Smith and John DeConi. There we go. Gentlemen, how's everything going? I hope you didn't miss us too much. We're going to jump right into Friday Night SmackDown. And uh, there was a lot going on this Friday. This was one of the more uh, jam-packed um, episodes of SmackDown that I can remember in recent memory. Um 
Started off with a Roman Russo, uh, Roman Reigns and Jay Uso promo. Uh, Roman was not very concerned. Roman has been very concerned recently with how people are looking at him. Uh, he wants to be respected. He wants to be feared. Uh, and then Jay Uso don't help him with that. He was uh, reprimanding Jay Uso for helping him during the Drew McIntyre fight at Survivor Series. They didn't ask for your help. Uh, there was a whole thing. And then after. Uh, Roman left. Jay was walking up the aisle. Otis came out for his match against Baron Corbin. Uh, Jay Uso decided to crack him with a chair and put some fear in, uh, some, into Otis and make Otis respect Jay Uso and thus Roman Reigns. Uh, and then he, he got he interfered with the Daniel Bryan match. We'll get to that in a second with Jay Uso. And then Kevin Owens had enough. Then Kevin Owens, John Smith, take it away. I'm, I'm blabbering here. This was just a lot of game. To end up yeah. with Kevin Owens just having it up to here with Roman Reigns. Yeah, man. I mean, Roman said to Jay at the beginning of the show, nobody fears you. That's why they didn't listen to you. That's why they that's why you guys got blown out in the Survivor Series match. People don't fear you. And Jay really took that to heart with that attack on Otis. He beat the living crap out of him with that chair. That's yep. and oh Otis has Literally nothing covering his body. He's got like a little tiny whiteies on that you can barely see under his stomach. And he's just getting wailed on. And then later on in the show, Jay interrupts, or you don't know it yet, but Jay interrupts the Sami Zayn-Daniel Bryan match by destroying Daniel Bryan in the backstage. You know, it's all about getting people to fear you now for, for Jay because they fear Roman, but not him. And if they don't fear him, they don't respect Roman. So... Kevin Owens is wants no part of that though. Kevin Owens does not fear Roman or Jay Uso, and he showed him by doing the same thing to Jay that Jay did to Otis and Daniel Bryan after their match was over. Yeah, Kevin Owens, like I said, he's we've seen a feud with Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns before. Uh, I don't know why I said it was right after the 2016 Survivor Series, so it was the Royal Rumble 2017. Uh, where Roman Reigns challenged Kevin Owens for the Universal title, and I believe our beloved Chris Jericho was hanging in a shark cage that match. <laughs> so they, they, these guys have tangled before, and Kevin Owens has had the upper hand. So I guess that's where the the no fear Zedo Miedo, uh, I guess if you want to put it that way, uh, comes from. Yeah, right, Kevin Owens, baby. There you go. Uh, and then Johnny, we'll, we'll we'll stay with you right. And as we mentioned, Sami Zayn he defeated Daniel Bryan uh, via countout. Uh, to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, again, Sami Zayn, he's just finding ways to retain that title, but he's winning. That's He's getting the winner's purse. You know, that when you win, when you win a wrestling match, you get more money than you do when you lose. You know what? Absolutely, but I don't think a guy like Sami Zayn really cares about money, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not American money, at least, right? After he, wants, he wants those purple $5 Canadian bills with the hockey on the back, with the hockey right. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, he, he cut a great promo before that match, and, you know, he basically said, Daniel Bryan, I beat you at WrestleMania. I can beat you again. They had a nice match, and then they fought to the back because he, he he was trying to weasel his way out, but he was just suckering him to the back. And then he beelined it right, right back to the ring at the count of nine to get inside. And where the hell is Daniel Bryan? Oh, yeah, getting beat up by Jey Uso in the back. Yeah, Sami Zayn, he didn't just beat him for three seconds. He beat him for ten. That's a nice little spin on winning by countout by Sami Zayn. <laughs> Beautifully done. 
Uh, there was a backstage segment after that uh, where he actually did shit up uh, Daniel Bryan. He, he respects Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan's the best in-ring guy he's ever fought. So it was a nice little uh, respect there from Sami Zayn, who's supposed to be healed onto Daniel Bryan. Because they fought all the way back to their Ring of Honor days. Uh, Daniel Bryan or uh, Brian Danielson and El Generico or whatever, Generico or whatever you pronounce uh, what Sami Zayn did uh, before he went to NXT. But then uh, Sami ran into Big E. Uh, so look for that. You know, Sammy actually mentioned Biggie's Intercontinental title, man. I have it down. Biggie, it was forgettable. You know, most people don't realize that Biggie was an Intercontinental champion. Uh, he won it on Raw in 2013 by defeating Curtis Axel. Held it for 167 days before he lost to Bad News Barrett at Extreme Rules 2014. So that is your uh, forgettable Biggie 167-day title run. So I don't think that's anything to forget. Once it's seven, a long time. Yeah, I remember him being champion. I just I would have said he was probably champion for a month and a half. Yeah, yeah, not for as long. That shocked me when I saw the one sixty seven. Uh, John DeCani, we had a non-title match that's usually uh, always usually recently been going in the favor of the Street Profits. This one uh, didn't work out so well. No, it did not. Uh, we, but, you know, we we thought we were getting uh, the street profits. Uh, the uh, you know the the ending that we're starting to get used to. Uh, we had Dawkins hit that double underhook spinning neckbreaker thing that he busted yep. out at Survivor Series. He hit it again this uh, this week on Ziggler, uh, and that he rolled out. Uh, then Rude walked right into his like one handed uh, somewhere between a choke slam and a, a spine buster. Uh, which set him up for uh, Montez Ford to jump into the goddamn lighting structure and come down with a splash. But <laughs> Ziggler came back just in time to break that up at two. Uh, Ziggler hit a, a super kick on Dawkins and uh, tipped Captain Dawkins for doing a borderline Ric Flair belly flop on his way out of the ring. Uh, and uh, then he then attempted to follow that up with a super kick to Ford, which Ford caught, caused Ziggy to the floor. Uh, but Rude was then able to hit the roll-up, and I think it was bad camera work because I think we were supposed to see Rude grabbing a handful of tights because yep. Ford was was wiggling like crazy but just could not seem to get out of that pin. But uh, Rude and Ziggler get the, get the victory, which yeah. will in all likelihood lead to a title shot. Yeah, they attacked him out in the pay-per-view in a couple weeks. Let me, uh, maybe they can hold it off till that. You know, Chables, Ladders, and Chairs is no reason why I came up with the Street Profits and Rude and Ziggler in, in one of those stipulations. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, the Mysterios were backstage celebrating uh, that they're done with Seth Rollins. They're finally this the the PWI has to be the feud of the year. PWI feud of the year. Uh, the Mysterios versus Seth Rollins uh, is now officially over. The Mysterios are in the back celebrating, and as I mentioned, here comes Buzz Killington, King Corbin. Uh, he had some things to say uh, to every single one of them. Uh, it ended up being a match between Murphy and Baron Corbin. And the Mysterios did a pretty good job impersonating uh, Retribution here. They were all <laughs> over the place causing distractions, being very, very un, I guess, face-like. Uh, and it, it cost Baron Corbin the match. Buddy Murphy got the win, I believe. Uh, I don't remember how he got it done. Anyway, they're going at it again, I guess, the point. Baron Corbin wants to go at it again. He wants no distractions from the Mysterios. He wants a one-on-one -on -one contest uh, with Buddy Murphy. So, John DeConnie, who do you have in this one? Uh, well, 
I'll be very interested to see what, uh, after Corbin called them all spineless cowards, he said, I'll be prepared next week. Very interested to see what exactly that means, if he's going to have backup or, you know, some kind of gimmick going on. But I'm going to take uh, Corbin because, you know, usually when the bad guy calls his shot like that, he's going to come up with something dastardly. Yeah, Baron's he's going to say he's coming prepared this time. This was a, uh, a last-minute match set up. Baron Corbin was uh, supposed to face off against Otis John Smith. Otis was taken out, as you mentioned. So uh, Corbin just kind of picked a fight here and ended up biting him in the you-know-what, the tush. Uh, <laughs> John Smith, what do you got in this one? Yeah, I guess it's Corbin, but, I mean, I don't, I don't like – direction that this is going. I don't want to see Corbin versus Mysterio family feud. Uh, but, yeah, I got Corbin. All righty. Uh, I'm going to go with Baron Corbin as well. Like I said, yeah, exactly. John DeConi, he's, he's going to call a shot. He's coming prepared, which means he's going he's got, he's got a week to think of an idea on how to screw Murphy out of the win on this one. Uh, Sasha Banks finally got some of Carmella in a backstage promo. Uh, and then staying in the women's division down the con actually had a match. Bianca Belair, uh, she got to Natalia after a low uh, after a roll up after she powered out of the sharpshooter. Uh Miss Bailey was at ringside as well. Yeah, Bailey was on commentary, so of course the match spilled out right in front of her. And uh Bianca took a big swing at Natty, Natty ducked. Bailey, of course, got it right in the chops. So that led uh, once they got back inside to Bailey getting up on the ring apron, doing a little jaw jacking. Uh, as you said, Natty uh, attempted the sharpshooter. Bianca kicked her off, which bumped Bailey to the floor. It disoriented Natty for a minute and allowed yeah. Bianca to get the roll up. Uh, she gets the pin. She gets the win. And afterwards, her and Bailey do a little uh, ja jaw jacking back and forth. Uh, you know, look for more of that to come. But of course, Bianca can you know uh, leap tall buildings in a single bound, so it doesn't look good for Bailey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bailey's. Yeah, ding dong, hello. Eh, I don't know what <laughs> that's a tall one. That's a tough one. Uh, and staying in the women's uh, women's division, we found out that on Billy Kay's resume, she has an extensive background in talking. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't it wonderful when we get to hear her talk? Yeah, yeah, it's iconic. <laughs> uh, we're going into uh, last lane on Raw. Uh, John DeConi. Uh, there's again, there's a lot going on uh, all over the place on both shows. Uh, with SmackDown, it was uh, you know Roman and Jay Uso with Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan and Otis. And just, oh, and then, uh, now you're on Raw. Uh, it dwindled itself down as AJ Styles got the win uh, in a sudden death triple threat. Now I have two things with that. One, I know the obvious aren't all triple threats sudden death. And two, just throwing it out there, I prefer instant victory. <laughs> uh, but AJ Styles won the match. He's going to challenge Drew McIntyre at TLC. Uh, and then you go to Miz TV. Sheamus was on it. Miz said that Sheamus' career sucked pretty much. Uh, <laughs> hit him twice with the briefcase. And then uh, Miz went to AJ Styles saying, you know, I need your help with the cash. And AJ just flat out agreed with it because it's going to be easier to beat is that it is Drew McIntyre, which I guess is it, it, that's a fair point. And I, I don't, you know, if you have to pick. Morrison agreed. <laughs> yeah, even Johnny yeah, Morrison, yeah, he's got you, yeah. Uh, <laughs> then you go to the main event with Drew McIntyre and Sheamus uh, against the Miz and Morrison, and AJ got involved like he said he was going to. Yeah, yeah, so we got, uh, yeah, as you said, McIntyre, Sheamus versus Miz and Morrison. Uh, AJ is on commentary. 
his buddy Omos, who we, we finally have a name for, is out there with him. Uh, and uh, somewhere, you know, well, we had we had a little bit of a little bit of back and forth, back and forth. And at one point, we get uh, Marson pulling Sheamus off the apron and kind of tossing him into the crowd or the the, the screens, if you will, uh, leaving uh, McIntyre with no one to tag. Uh, but AJ Styles, he wasn't into waiting to see exactly how that was going to work it work itself out. He just jumped up on the ring apron, slingshot into a phenomenal forearm. Uh, therefore, giving uh, McIntyre and Sheamus the DQ if you're if you're scoring at home, uh, and uh, that led to Morrison hitting Starship Pain on McIntyre, Miz hitting a skull crushing finale, and almost handing AJ the briefcase, and AJ trying to cash in on behalf of the Miz, but Miz wasn't quite sure he was ready for it, and that little bit of uh, dilly dallying allowed McIntyre to get back to his feet. So now it was definitely not a good time to cash in. Yeah. Uh, so Miz and Morrison kind of bailed. Uh, AJ started to, you know, uh, uh, McIntyre started to walk down AJ. Uh, but luckily, his boy almost was right there behind the the, uh, the ropes. Kind of picked him off. Uh, kind of took him right out of the ring, flipped him onto his shoulder. And just like the little cartoon dog, uh, you know, in uh, any Hanna-Barbera you want, the whole way up the ramp, we got AJ just barking at McIntyre. You're so lucky. He just saved your life. Wait to put me down. Put me down. Let me get my hands on you. Let me at him. Let me at him. <laughs> Let me at him. <laughs> it was fantastic. He, he talked trash all the way up or three quarters of the way up the ramp until the show went off the air. Yeah, so that there's, uh, the bottom line of all that is, uh, you know, it's going to be Drew McIntyre and AJ Styles. We don't have to wait for WrestleMania for that one. We get, the, we get it uh, in two weeks. So um, the show began with a moment of bliss. Uh, Randy is going to use the same philosophy. Uh, he did against Bray Wyatt back in 2016, I want to say. Was it 2017? 2017, because they were together in 16. Okay, so 2017, uh, where Randy found out uh, what would hit Bray pretty much in the heart, and it was the house that he burned down which is why The Fiend is coming back after Randy. Uh, and Randy thinks he's got to figure it out again, and he's thinking Alexa Bliss. Uh, Alexa Bliss is kind of like, well, who's playing who here, Randy? So it was a nice little altercation uh, between the two, verbal, and then the, the Fiend came out, and Randy had her nerve. I think Randy's in trouble on this one. <laughs> this doesn't just, I, I think this is an act by The Fiend and Alexa Bliss to make it think that Randy's got them, and they just they just don't. Uh, Randy's got Friendship Frog written all over him, I think, uh, coming up <laughs> in the next, uh, next couple weeks. Uh, John Smith, we had a Symphony of Destruction match uh, that almost ended in, I guess, Symphony of Concussion. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, and not to the loser. Yeah, I know. Uh, see, we can make a joke about it because he didn't get a concussion. Like, he's okay. When he came out... Uh, as Brian Joy called him yesterday, our Lord and Savior Dave Meltzer said he was okay. So, yeah. Well, who's who's saying he didn't have a concussion? The, the doctors that are paid by WWE. Yeah, like, right. Anyway, I mean, the match itself was awesome. Uh, I haven't seen a good Jeff Hardy match in a while, so uh, you, I, you know I'm not the biggest Jeff fan, but I love Elias, so I feel like you know they 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 go well together. Hopefully this feud isn't over, but um, yeah. Besides that, 
that chair or that steel steps to the back of the head. I mean, when you saw Elias electrocute himself, clearly he didn't actually get electrocuted, but I think he sold yeah. it pretty well. I mean, I yeah, it's not. It, they said Marv from Home Alone. No, that was cheesy. <laughs> like the way the way Elias sold it was like how you actually would get electrocuted. Yeah, well, all, all you have to do to learn how to act is to rewatch whatever year WCW event that was where Scott Hall tasered Goldberg. That's how you, you act when you get shot. Because he actually did. So, uh, yeah, Jeff Hardy ended up being okay. He got the win. Uh, we, were just, we were talking about it in pre-production. Long story short, that was just a bad idea for everybody for Jeff to try that. We're glad he's okay. Um, question. Yeah. Do you think that this, uh, ruins Elias's career because it gives him a gold, uh, gold dust esque stutter? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> he can't. And that literally that just came to me now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The last time we saw somebody get electrocuted, gold dust ended up with a stutter because of it. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then, of course, and you know, just you, 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 you just it just comes out of nowhere. That fact that our truth was hidden in that piano was absolutely hysterical. Yeah. You know, I think what they do is they give our truth the script to the show, and it's like, listen, where are you going to come out? Yeah. You tell us when you're coming out, and then we'll send the guys after you. Oh, there's going to be a piano out there. I'll hide in there. Send them out when they find me. <laughs> Uh, John DeCani, sticking with you. Uh, this is our. We're going to give you the hurt business segment. This we're going to get John Smith the week off of the hurt business. Uh, Lashley jumped Riddle backstage after Riddle again came out with some uh, some pretty asinine ideas to pitch the MVP. The MVP didn't really want to hear, so uh, it's like Lashley and Riddle are going to be getting at it. But a great match between Cedric Alexander and Xavier Woods. Yeah, it started. Uh, obviously, they're they're uh, planting the seeds of something here because it started with uh, Benjamin MVP and Cedric coming down to ringside uh, to uh, you know chop it up a little bit with the New Day. And Cedric basically didn't wait for uh, the rest of his uh, cohorts, jumped in the ring, which eventually led to the match, of course. And then, uh, we, of course, those two can uh, – the match was between Cedric Alexander and Xavier Woods. And, of course, those two can flat out go. So we had ourselves quite a, an interesting match. And uh, getting towards the ending sequence, we had uh, Cedric going for a suicide dive. That Woods kind of avoided and tossed him into the into the barricade. Uh, eventually, it wound up back inside, and for no apparent reason, I guess Woods just was sleeping for a half a second. Cedric hit the lumbar check out of nowhere for the win, and then Cedric, uh, once again, kind of leaving his boys behind, celebrated all the way up the ramp, uh, leaving MVP and Shelton like, "Where's it going? You know, where's where's the post match hug? What's going on here?" So cl clearly, there's something happening there. Perhaps a rift in the hurt business. Yeah, I think it's an unintentional rift. I think, I think Cedric's maybe just getting too fired up. You know, I'm just saying he's just like, yeah. I'm I think it's going to be like a personality switch for Cedric a little bit, and then you know, it's then they'll get used to it. Like hey, yeah. I think he's going to be like a like a flashy diva type moving <laughs> forward. Um, just like we do with the Hurt Business every week, we have our uh, weekly retribution update. Uh, big match, actually. Um, Steak Knife got the win over Ricochet with that spinning, twerking suplex after uh, a ton of distractions from Mustafa Ali, uh, Tablespoon, and Fork. Um, I actually got really excited <laughs> for this match. 
Uh, we came up with those at Survivor Series, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, I actually got excited about this. You know, you're gonna give me, you know, Ricochet and Shane Thorne. Like, I'm gonna, get, I got up for that. I'm like, oh my god, yes, I, I, I want this match. So, I was glad I got it. I'm glad uh, Snake Life got the win. Um, and then Teacup, she got her first. Uh, she got her first action in the ring as well. So, uh, welcome to the big leagues, Mia Yim. Uh, Dana Brooke got the win on her though uh, with a roll up after a failed distra- uh, distraction from Mustafa Ali. Uh, Ali kind of let Mia have it at the end of that match. Uh, what was the exact quote? Uh, There's no failure in retribution, uh, amongst other things. <laughs> so, uh, you know, glad to see it on TV. It wasn't the best, I guess, debut for our uh, beloved Mia Yim, who I know a lot of people are big fans of hers, and a lot of people have been waiting for her to uh, be on the main roster and do some damage. So uh, that's what they kind of like, wait on that for now, for her to break out of retribution. But John Smith... Uh, the last match we have to talk about. Normally, when you beat a champion, you get a match the following week. This is not the case in the women's tag team championships. That you know, you get them again, but again, it's going to be non-title. Yeah, but now that it's uh, two weeks in a row that Lana has pinned Shayna Baszler, I think they've definitely earned their shot. They played. They they had some uh, backstage stuff going on beforehand. Oscar screaming at Lana positively. And then uh, Lana getting interviewed, and she's like, oh, you, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> it's like, neither would you, Lana. Yeah, no, then, then you see Shayna and, and Nia Jax, you know, jawing at each other about whose fault it is for the loss last week. Yep. Leads you right into, you know, them losing again this week from, you know, similar situation. And... I think this all ends with Lana pinning Nia Jax for those tag team championships at TLC. I, I feel like this is this is going to be the, you know, the Survivor Series wasn't one. You know, she didn't do anything for that win. You know, great, it's fun. She's a sole survivor. It's it's down in you know she's in the books as you know Shawn Michaels said about Leon Ruff. You're in the books, like you can't take it away. But uh, she really didn't do anything. Now she gets that win for the, the for the tag titles. Like that's. <laughs> That's going to be something fun. Uh, gentlemen, we're going to bid you do again uh, one last time before we bring you back in for our picks uh, for Winter is Coming and for War Games. Uh, like I said, if you didn't get to the grocery store, please do so now. Please make sure you tell your loved ones that you are thankful for them if you didn't get to do it last Thursday. We'll see you in a minute. Uh, I'm going to try to do this different this time. There we go. I'll get those off first. All right. We're going to bring in Ryan Joy from Minutes to Bell Time. Dot com as well as the Daily Wrestling Morning News Show. I just botched that completely. Daily Wrestling News Show. Sorry, the word morning isn't in there. The Daily Wrestling News Show that you can see uh, every Monday through Thursday um, at 10 a.m. Enjoy your morning cup of joy uh, with Ryan and friends. Uh, he has different co-hosts on every week. I've made a couple of appearances. Uh, I've, I've had an absolute great time, Ryan. You're doing really well with it. I'm having a blast. I'm, you know, even, I'm even watching what I'm not on. You know, <laughs> like it, the best part is, is it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. If I had to kind of say, what's the show about? It's like, well, it's wrestling, and then it's fun, right? I mean, we're we're making jokes and kind of picking out those elements of the show to talk about, and then you know, extrapolating. Yes, we talk about the news, but then we say, well, what's fun about that news? And then you know, things like that. So. Yeah, you call it Dave Meltzer, my our Lord and Savior. I was literally—I don't know if you saw—I was taking a sip of coffee at the time, and I almost spit it all over my kitchen floor, which would have not been good. The Lord, the Lord, our God. The Lord, our God. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but hey, happy birthday! Happy thirtieth birthday! 
you know, oh, sure. the show. Oh, so happy birthday! Yes, thank you so much for uh, the opening, uh, the the music. Uh, we really do appreciate that. We've been waiting for something like this for a long time, uh, and we're going to use it for a lot of episodes to come. We are looking forward to it. So, thank you so much for that. Uh, but going to New Japan, Rye, what would you like to leave with first? Well, I would like to ask you what kind of birthday cake do ghosts like? Ice cream cake. Ice cream. Hey. Yeah, and the pickle the pickles relish their birthdays. So moving yeah. on <laughs> to the best of the super juniors. Let's go there first. We should have had you for the sea star segment, you know, if you're gonna make all those puns. <laughs> uh so update on the best of the super juniors. We have two people in the lead, Hiromu Takahashi and Taiji Ishimori. They have ten points. Behind them, you have three people, Master Wado, Sho and El Desperado. Now, the interesting thing here is that tomorrow, um, tomorrow morning, you know, bright and early, we have another Super Juniors uh, set of matches. In that, um, in that lineup, you have Master Wado facing Bushi, you have Taiji Ishimori facing Desperado, and you have Hiromu Takahashi facing Sho. If Wado, Desperado, and Sho win, then you've got a five-way tie at eight points heading into uh, there'll be two more matches left. So it is a pretty wide-open field in the best of the Super Juniors tournament. Right now, Takahashi is technically the leader with 10 points and an advantage. All right. And then they, uh, is it the top two uh, placeholders? They, I guess, meet in the final, if you want to, uh, I guess, call it that. Yeah, that's right. The finals will be a week from Friday. All right. And just out of curiosity, if you don't have the top of your head, I don't mean to put you on the spot here. Kushida, how many times has he won this thing? Kushida? Yeah. Um, I do not know. Okay. I know like, this This was the whole reason. It was this uh, particular tournament that you know, Tyler and I, uh, way back when, episodes one through three, when that, uh, that round-robin cruiserweight title uh, tournament was going on for the interim championship. we got to make sure we say that correctly. I don't want Jordan Devlin to get upset. Uh, for the interim right. championship – uh, we had Kushida pegged, like they're doing this specifically for him. This is right up his out, and it was because of this tournament, uh, yeah. because of this, and we were wrong. <laughs> well, uh, good showing from him, though. It was. It was you know, great. He was three. He lost in. I think uh, he lost the last two matches. I forget what it was. And I, and uh, I think here we have the uh, World Tag League. Where are we at with that? Yeah. So with the World Tag League, uh, similar situation, except. Ishii and Yano are the clear leaders right now with 10 points. Um, however, there are one, two, three, four, five, six teams behind them with eight points. So this thing is completely wide open. There are two matches left in the tournament. Um, each team has two matches left. On Friday, Yano and Ishii face the uh, current Tag League champions, Finley and Juice Robinson. So um, who, who knows? Really, it's hard. It's hard to say um, at this point who's going to be coming out the winner in this in this thing. It's kind of a mess, really. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, Toro Yano is like, is he? How is he not? I guess maybe I should put it this way: Is he the front runner now? Like, is it between him and Rohit Raju as like wrestlers of the year for 2021? Because it just seems like he won the last tournament. And now he's in first place in this tournament. Like, he is just all over the place. Well, Baron Corbin aside, 
Yano is holding the trophy that makes him the king of pro wrestling. There you go. And nobody has won with more roll-ups in 2020. <laughs> I don't think that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you gave me some MLW matches uh, to throw up here for the Opera Cup. Yeah, sure. Um, you have uh, – which one are you putting up first? Uh, I'm a huge low-key fan, so I'm going to go with him. I'm going to pick him to win this whole thing. How about that? Uh, low-key and uh, David Boy Smith Jr. in the main event of Major League Wrestling's show tomorrow night. Um this is an Opera Cup opening round match. It is a rematch of an Opera Cup opening round match last year. Davy Boy Smith won the whole tournament last year, so he technically, I guess, has the, the advantage going into this match. Um, should be a good match. It's the main event. MLW is excited for it, so uh, I guess we should be too. It's your Dynamite NXT pre-show. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, like I said, if we're ever on a game show together, and the question for you is, what is Al's favorite tag team of all time? It is Triple X, and it, it mostly is because of Low Key. I just fell in love with him for the first time I saw him for uh, for NWA TNA way back in you know, 2002. I, I, I'm confused because I thought Triple X was AC Romero and Larry D. No, no, no. Actually, but actually I, got, I don't know why Low Key wasn't on it, but I got some action figures too here. I got them on my wall. I got Christopher mm -hmm. Daniels and Neelix Skipper. Apparently, they didn't sell the three-pack with Low Key, but it was all three of them. Uh, Multiple-time tag team champions, and they owned America's Most Wanted back then. It was so much fun watching them beat those guys. But I digress. The Opera Cup, right? There we go. Yeah, the Opera Cup. So Laredo Kid, uh, he's going to have a heck of a month this month. Laredo Kid is facing off with ACH in another opening round match. Now Laredo Kid also will be uh, challenging for the AAA Mega Championship against Kenny Omega um, at uh, AAA Triple Mania. 28, which is on December 12th. So big, big month for Kenny Omega, big month for Laredo Kid, a big month for John Moxley, all, all the way around. So, uh, so that's yeah, that. we're gonna dive deep. I know you and your cousin dove pretty deep into uh, John Moxley and Kenny Omega this morning, as well as that battle royal. We will definitely get into all that. And uh, uh, wow, so. <laughs> Absolutely. One more, uh, one more, a couple more, a couple more things. Yeah, sure, go for it. Uh, MLW aside, Ring of Honor, uh, they have announced their first match for Final Battle. That's coming up December 18th. That'll be uh, the match they've announced is Jay Briscoe versus EC3 in what they're calling a grudge match. So, um, yeah. Mark Briscoe is upset because he would really like to go for the tag titles, but Jay is preoccupied with uh, with EC3. So, yeah. All right. And um, but that should round it out for what we know about MLW and Ring of Honor and NWA. They had a show. They're competing with us right now, as we talked about last week. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that NWA. We're just going to stop talking about them. Well, I'll tell watch you. Them later. Watch them later. Watch us now. You can watch them later. They're on YouTube. You can watch them anytime you want. My understanding is it's reruns. Oh, so is it really? Oh. We have we have live content. They're 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 replaying what they played on uh, primetime live. You know, I, I'm wondering why you're not giving me new matches to to put up for them. Like, also like new graphics, new matches, and whatnot. I guess they're they're running reruns. So uh, with that though, we are going to uh, bring back in John DeConti and John Smith. John Smith looks like he's settled in, ready to roll. There we go. 
Uh, gentlemen, we're going to talk AEW at this time. Let me get that up there first. Let's find our names. There we go. <coughs> um, real quick rundown. Uh, what happened last week? And then Ryan, I'll give you uh, give you a chance to talk as well. Uh, in the main event, the Butcher and the Blade defeated uh, pa uh, Pac and Ray Phoenix, the, the members of the Death Triangle. Uh, after the Blade and Butcher hit their neckbreaker powerbomb combo for the pin, um, they did that after actually Eddie Kingston crotched Phoenix on the road, and that led that to that powerbomb combination. And then here comes Lance Archer and let the bleep show begin. Lance Archer was just running amok. Uh, him and Eddie Kingston, I guess they're, they're, they're still bringing back up uh, old memories from the Battle Royal. It was like you, right? You keep on bringing up that Battle Royal that uh, Kenny King Eddie Kingston was never eliminated from. You brought it up this time. I know. <laughs> I'm allowed to kick the dead horse once. I mean, you were doing it very well. I'll, I'll, kick, I'll kick it this time for you. How about that? Thank you. So he, uh, Eddie, uh, Eddie Kingston is fighting on your behalf to go, go with Lance Archer. Um, but Ryan, you didn't want to say your piece. The AEW Women's Championship was on the line, and uh, unfortunately, the great one, the great number ninety-nine, uh, she couldn't get it done. She came up short, but you know her first her first match in in AEW was against Sheeta, and it was pretty much a squash at that time. Showed a lot of progression in this match. Um, her skills have definitely developed as member of the Dark Order. Sheeta got the win with a running knee. As she celebrates and leaves, some strange music hits, and a strange person crawled out. And you could tell by the look on Sheeta's face, she was terrified. And if yep. you've watched their match on AEW Dark, Sheeta and Abaddon, Sheeta was terrified during the match. She's, she has really good facials when it comes to being scared. So I guess we're going to see that match at some point in the near future, Abaddon and Sheeta. Yeah, Abaddon tagged the belt. Now she's just I – mean, I heard they didn't show what happened. I guess they edited her match out where she got injured. She was supposed to be on the Halloween episode, I want to say. Yes. Uh, I'm glad to see that was only – so four weeks ago? Let's just – Yeah, and people didn't know how – Yeah. We didn't know how severe that injury was going to be. Yeah. Something was bad. But so. Yeah, so I was a little shocked to see her. Glad she's okay, and she said she's going to give Sheeta a run for her money. Um. And possibly uh, purchases of new underwear that I guess Sheeta I guess keeps on cheating. <laughs> um, Hangman Page defeated John Silver with the Buckshot Lariat. Uh, the Silver gave him a run for his money. That was a really good match. John Silver each week just keeps on shining. Uh, maybe we should start just calling him that Shining Silver. I, I like that. So, uh, but then after the match was over, uh, the Dark Order, uh, specifically Evil Uno, uh, had a little heart to heart with Adam Page. Nah, we're not going to jump you. We know you're alone right now. We know you're hurting. But, uh, if you want us, we're here for you. We'll help you. So a nice little courtesy offer by the Dark Order. Uh, and then TH2, they defeated Top Flight. When in hell, go put some sort of reverse figure four. That was a random version of a figure four uh, as I've ever seen. Uh, and he put that on Darius Martin. Uh, and he wouldn't let it go after the match was won. And here come the Young Bucks for the save. I know, Ryan, you mentioned before, I guess, on Dark TH2, has been calling out the Bucks, so it looks like uh, maybe we're headed to that. That would be absolutely incredible. Uh, yeah. uh, one last thing, uh, Ryan, you wanted to bring, uh, make sure I bring this to everybody's attention. On AEW Dark tonight, Shayna, uh, she is uh, making her way back. She is now back stateside. I believe she's from she's the Portugal princess, right? Yeah, that's right. She's from she's from Portugal. And, you know, she's one of their signed talents that we haven't seen since the, basically the start of the pandemic. So it's good to have uh, to be able to see their roster 
full again with people like Pac and Shanna, it just kind of is a, a good signal to all of us. Yeah. So, uh, and that's going to lead us into, I guess, Game of Thrones. I never watched Game of Thrones, so I really don't have any stupid jokes to make about this. I have no idea. Apparently, Al Snow was in it. I, I have no idea. But uh, winter is coming. Uh, they have five matches signed for tonight. Uh, before we get to them, here are uh, the Essential Wrestling Podcast pool standings on ProWrestlingPick'em.com. Uh, if you wish to play against us, uh, it's right there. There's a public pool. Anybody can join. Uh, you can make your picks for uh, all the shows that we talk about in WWE, NXT, AEW, Impact. Uh, John DeConi has a nice little lead after Survivor Series. Ryan Joy is now up. You know, Ryan, John DeConi got out of my ass. Ryan Joy is now up it. Uh, John Smith not too far behind. Tyler, uh, Taylor, Tyler, that wrong guy. Tyler Dell, uh, he misses shows here and there. I make sure he chimes in for this one as well. As far as our AEW standings go, um, I'm the only one that actually has participated in all six shows. Um, as you can see, I'm a record 28 wins. But still, 28 wins, 13 laws. That's a pretty good win percentage. I'm actually happy with this. Um, I'll take that lead. Uh, the scoring for winter is coming. You get five points for the AEW championship match. Three points uh, for all other title matches, which I do not believe there are. And then one point for all non-title matches. If you go perfect, you get an additional five points. The Dynamite Diamond Ring is kind of a title. I don't know if you consider that a three point. Yeah, kind of, I guess. I don't know. Uh, we'll wait. If the FTW becomes a title, then we'll make the Diamond Dynamite Diamond Ring a title. As well. How about that? Yeah. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, uh, he beat somebody last week. Then Taz came out post-match arguing that, that the FTW championship is not a recognized title. Um, and he wants ADEW to put some respect on that title. Uh, he's claimed, this, this claimed heritage that I believe we discussed briefly, John DeConi, it's a two-person history, right? It was Taz, it was Sabu for five seconds, and then it was back to Taz again, and now it's Cage 20 years later. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay, so like, so Taz wants respect on it. Cody came out representing, uh, I guess, the authority, for lack of a better term, management. Sorry, wrong company. Um, that's push-ups. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's pretty scary though. How it's pretty similar, right, Cody? Pretty scary. Um, so uh, Cody mentioned that he's training Taz's fun hook. I guess that that Taz off. I haven't seen a Taz mission in a very long time, so that was a lot of fun to see that. You gotta love it when Taz gets angry. But that uh they're gonna set up this match for tomorrow night where Team Taz will be represented by Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh they're going against Cody Rhodes and the TNT champion Darby Allen. Ryan Joy, as our senior AEW correspondent and the person that will be in attendance for tomorrow night's show. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks are going to win this match. I'm not sure who's getting the pin, but I think Darby Allen will be pinned again by Team Taz. All right, John Dakani. I completely agree. Team Taz gets the win here. Uh, if uh, you put a gun to my head to go one step further, I would say maybe Cody takes the pin uh, due to some outside interference from Taz. Uh, I don't know, but uh, definitely I'm I'm on the Team Taz bandwagon. All right, uh, John Smith, you're going to leave me out on the hook. You're going to do this to me again, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going with Team Taz. Hobbs needs the win, man. Hobbs is new. You can't just have him come in and lose, even if even if uh, what's-his-face takes the, the pin. What's his name again? 
Ricky Starks. Starks. Yeah. John Starks. John Starks. Yeah. <laughs> John Snow. Yeah, I, th- I definitely think Hobbs needs to win this match. He needs to put somebody down. Now, was Head in Game of Thrones also, or was it just Al Snow? Just Al Snow. Okay, it was this okay. Just so you know, Tony. Uh, I'm going to go with with Cody and and Darby. I think Darby needs Darby needs a win. I think Darby's going to pin Starks, and then there's going to get jumped by Taz afterwards. Um, is Hook uh, Taz's kid Hook? Is he, is he going to get involved here? Anybody? I think he was there last week, right? Did he go off with Taz at the end? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I love how you ask us a question, and then when somebody starts answering it, you just like drown them out right away. Oh, do I? I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I gave you a second answer. I didn't hear anybody who had it, right? Yeah, yeah. I said it'll be in a shark cage. It'll, right. So it'll <laughs> See, that's well, that's. Are, the we back, are we going back to the sea stars here? Or what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> the problem with this format is that, like, I, I I so wish that we were all in one room together. So that you know, like the like a radio show where you could get the crosstalk, because Ryan is so sneaky funny, but he winds up getting talked over so often. I, I just feel like we're missing gems. <laughs> well, make sure you tune into the Daily Wrestling News Show Monday through Thursday at 10 a.m., where I do not drown out Ryan Joy at all. I let him talk. Like I said, I let him. He had me spitting coffee out of my mouth yesterday morning. Uh, with his comment about uh, Uncle Dave. So, uh, Tris Jericho and Jake Hager, they defeated F- uh, SCU um, after MJF hit Daniels with the diamond ring, sending Daniels into the Junior's effect. Uh, pretty crazy how this is the first time after all these years that Chris Jericho and Christopher Daniels uh, have met in the ring. I mean, I guess they just, you think about it, you know, where they were at each time. You know, Jericho was in WWE for a very long time where Daniels wasn't. So I guess maybe that makes the most sense. Maybe the ring of honor somewhere. They could cross paths, but uh, we're going to go one-on-one here, John, the Connie. Uh, we got Chris Jericho and Frankie Kazarian. What do you got? Harkening uh, back to Ryan's uh, astute notice uh, that uh, Jericho seems to win one, lose one. This is his turn to lose one, but, I think because it's on a big show, I think Jericho takes it. All right. Ryan Joy, you going to stay with your pattern? No, no. I think John John DeConey has picked the break in the pattern correctly. I think Jericho is going to win this. I'm, I'm not really sure. To me, this match isn't really all that compelling. I think it's obvious that Jericho is going to win. Somebody disagree with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just jump in here, John. I, completely, I, I, I can't picture any sort of circumstance where Frankie Gazarian wins. Yeah, I don't think Jericho is going on Frankie Kazarian's resume right now. <laughs> Maybe Billy Kay's, but not not a. <laughs> um, the best friends and Orange Cassidy inter- uh, they interrupted and then fought Miro and Kip Sabian. I guess uh, they have a video game truck. Um, I guess somewhere uh, in the Jaguars slash Daly's place uh, catacombs event level. It's called in the, the world. Anyway, but uh, those are only uh, four of the members going here. In uh, let me get the, the graphic off of Miro's face, just so you know that he's on here. Uh, there's a ton of stuff going on here in this Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. Last year's winner, uh, MJF, uh, as I just mentioned, even in the last match, uh, he still uses that thing to this day to win matches. So this thing does come in handy if used cr- uh, correctly. 
Um, or I guess you can just leave it on your dresser uh, at home, you know, some kind of show. But there's a lot going on here. Ryan Joy, we're going to come with you last because, holy crap, your cousin just dissected this thing more than anything. I don't want to worry. It already warped my mind with it. I don't know if Johnson or John DeConi, if you guys are uh, safe from what Travis had to say, but he had a lot, a lot of interesting theories, a lot of which ways that this can go. So, uh, John DeConi, I'm sorry, John Smith, we'll start with you. Uh, who do you got in this one? Uh, I. I mean, just from looking at that picture, that's not everybody in it, I'm sure. But uh, yes, yeah. Um, I mean, my first thought was Orange Cassidy because of the big push he's gotten lately. But then, you know, the diamond goes more with like, you know, the diamond ring of MJF. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with MJF on this one. All right, we got a two-time winner because that's where he got the diamond ring from last year. Was, uh, that's oh, he, that he won. He won this last year. Yeah, that's why he has that ring. Oh, then never mind. Then All right. Orange you're Cassidy, good. sorry. Orange Cassidy, there you go. John DeCotti, you good? No, you good. Yeah. I wish we had a, a more clear explanation, and uh, Ryan and his cousin uh, touched on this this morning. Uh, is he defending the same ring, or are they going to get? Is this this ring going to have a number two on it? And this will be there'll be two of them out there. Because uh, you know, I, I definitely, I think it, I think it's a lot of fun if it comes down to MJF and Sammy. Uh, now, if it's a, if he's defending the ring, I would probably lean towards MJF, but I think there's just too much fun in Sammy winning it, and then it it just being that burn MJF's ass every time he looks at Sammy when they're you know all together hanging out in your circle. That's, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Uh, my original pick. I'm sticking with my gun. I'm sticking with my pick. I said that that whole Sammy Guevara winning just to chap MJF's ass because hey, look, we have matching rings now. You know, like that would kill MJF. Uh, to no end. I'm going to stick with the pick I gave on the Daily Wrestling News show on Monday morning. My knee-jerk reaction was Matt Hardy, uh, only because Matt has been – he's been doing some really weird things on social media. He had a weird promo uh, last week uh, just just congratulating himself that other people should be thankful for him and that he's the reason that private parties – he's been very uh, – he's very heel tendencies out of him. So maybe they're doing something new with him. Um, and, they, and this would add to it. So, Ryan Joy, I don't remember who you picked this morning on your show, but like I said, you and your cousin, you you went through this thing, man. You had Miro with a chance too. I mean, that's yeah. We talked about uh, we talked about Miro and Kip Sabian, how they're an available faction here with Penelope before. They already got one diamond ring in the in the group. Maybe this makes two, or makes it awkward if they have to give it to Penelope and then take it back uh, a year from now. Um, you also have Hangman Adam Page in this, and while he is uh, a baby face, and you can't really see a baby face necessarily winning this because you can't use it to cheat every match, um, Page has had good success with Battle Royals over the course of um, you know his tenure. He was the winner of the first Casino Battle Royal, which got him the shot against Chris Jericho. Um, he was in the final finals, I guess, last year for this diamond ring. So uh, he seems to be a favorite as well. I The reason you can't remember who I picked is because I totally evaded the question this morning. Oh, there you go. I, I, couldn't, I, could not, uh, I couldn't nail somebody down, but I think it's going to be a heel. Um, I don't know if it's going to be Kip Sabian or Miro. I'm going to go with Sammy Guevara, just for lack of a better choice. 
Okay. Uh, we have a women's division match. Uh, we have Britt Baker, uh, our, our beloved doctor, our beloved dentist. Kind of looks like the Joker in that picture. That's a very sinister picture of the, of the good dentist. Uh, she's going to be going up against uh, Layla. Lay, Layup Hirsch? Lay, that does match, John? John the Con Layla, yeah. <laughs> Layla Hirsch, not layup. This isn't a layup for Britt. <laughs> it's never a layup when it's a Jersey girl. Yeah, she's a Jersey girl. That's the one I was telling you. They uh, they book her uh, as uh, hailing from Moscow, Russia. Yeah. And then, the, then the minute they the minute she starts uh, grappling, they they go out to mention how she was you know an all all state wrestler in New Jersey. No, no kidding. There we go. All right, I take that comment back then. Take back my pick then. I was gonna pick Britt Baker. <laughs> uh, Ryan, Joy, who do you got in this one? Oh, uh, Britt Baker. I yeah, I'm gonna go Baker. John Smith. Definitely Baker. John the County, want to make this unanimous? All together now. All righty. So then we have our main event for the AEW Championship. This is the one everyone's been looking for. Um, and again, this morning, uh, Ryan Joy, you and your cousin absolutely killed this thing. Um, it could go a lot of different ways. I didn't even look at the thing. Winter is coming. I didn't think that it would go as far as that they're planning. You know, something is coming after either Moxley or Omega. I uh, didn't even put two and two together on that, but you guys dissected this, so I'll go with you last again. Uh, John Smith, who do you got on this one? Um, I've been saying for a while now, when Moxley loses this belt, you're going to have to pay to see it, so I'm going to go with Moxley. All right, John DeCani. I just, you know, I think the next pay-per-view is too far off, so, uh, you know, you're putting Kenny Omega in this match. He's going to give you all 28 stars on free TV. He's going to take the title home. Yeah, I, I, I think this has to be it. This has to be Kenny Omega. I, I, I had Omega, and then Ryan Joy, I think you and Travis kind of solidified it for me. The the sneak attack from last week, uh, just everything, There's the, the New Japan tie-in, just quickly go for it. Try to sum it up. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I'm picking Kenny Omega as well, but – you know, the, the theory that Travis brought up this morning that was that the attacker was Kenta, who, hold, who holds the uh, briefcase for the IWGP United States Championship, currently in the possession of John Moxley. Uh, Kenta hasn't been seen in Japan for a while, so the theory is he's been, he's been back here. He's quarantined. CEO change at New Japan, which should open up the relationship between um, AEW and New Japan, potentially some talent trades whole different invasion type of angle could be occurring here. We've already seen them working with NWA. Uh, so um, the theory that, you know, the theory brought forward this morning was this is a bullet club invasion and Kenny Omega is a member, is a member of the bullet club. So yeah. there you yeah, have it. Kenta's got that contract. Kenta's supposed to be fighting John Mosley for the United States championship. Okay, and then now to, to go with that, as you mentioned, that uh, Triple Mania, well, Kenny Omega's got to fight. You know, even if he wins, he's got to defend down in Mexico. No, more people are going to be watching Wrestle Kingdom than Triple Mania, and that's just this is a dumb assumption on my part. Moxley can't drop the U.S. title as AEW champion in front of that audience, especially when there's supposed to be 80,000 people at the Tokyo Dome. Like he, Kenny Omega, they, maybe he can just you know you know somewhat lose or whatever to be respectful. I don't think no one's gonna knock Kenny Omega for losing just to drop the title. Ken, and John Moxley, he can't he can't drop that title as AEW champion. 
So we have a uh, what about a month, right? Today's the first. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom's the fourth. Uh, something's on the fifth. I can't remember somebody's birthday. That's irrelevant. Um, so, Johnson, what about what about Moxley wins this match and then Omega costs him the U.S. title at Wrestle Kingdom, leading up to Moxley versus Omega three at the next pay per view before In Moxley. February? Yeah, yeah, at the end of February is the next show. That 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 could be. Why not? Go. That bridges that bridges the gap. Yeah, Damn. there's more than there's, there's more than enough. The, the two weeks quarantine, there's more than enough time to get everybody uh, overseas and back. So it also, it also helps John Smith build a case for his pick. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we are going to switch gears uh, real quick. Uh, hour, ooh, hour and a half. Okay, we gotta go somewhat quicker than normal here. Uh, just a quick summary of non-war games. Uh, things that happened on NXT. Uh, I was I jumped out of my chair, on took my shoes off. Grizzle young veterans are back. If you hate Gibson, shoes off. My shoes are off. I was excited. Uh, they came out. They jumped Everize, um, and they're back. You look for uh, Liverpool's number one and James Drake. Uh, that was a nice little shot in the arm to NXT tag division. So good to see them back. We got Del Fantasma named Kurt Stallion as uh, Santos's next challenger. Uh, Ryan, anything on Kurt Stallion? Yeah, I've been I've been watching some 205 Live. He's all over that show. Um, oh. Solid cruiserweight. Alrighty, uh, Boa and Zaylee begged for forgiveness from somebody. It looks like Shang Tsung has a higher power. That's a, that's even above him. Um, it appeared to be a female. I thought I saw nail polish, uh, but then again, it's 2020. I don't want to assume gender. Who knows? It could uh, be Jeff Hardy. What's that? It could be Jeff Hardy. It could be Jeff Hardy, uh, and I believe they uh, they declared Mortal Kombat on Zaylee this time as well. She had that thing written uh, on her on her uh, her wrist. Um, then they have one match uh, to dis- uh, There's one match happening that they booked for Wednesday night. We'll get into that in a second. Here are the, our standings going into War Games. Uh, John Smith, our senior NXT correspondent, uh, he just seems to be untouchable when it comes to NXT takeovers. NXT events 25 and 6. Unbelievable. So he's got a commanding lead. Everybody's chasing. Here is the scoring system for War Games. Uh, there is no NXT championship match uh, yet. I can't imagine. Finn's got nothing going on. I can't imagine that going on. Three points for all the title matches. One point for the non-title matches. War Games, we, we double the points. We bump it up to 10. Uh, so that's fun. That paper perfect, uh, perfect pay per view bonus. Uh, that is incorrect. It should be ten points uh, for actual weekend pay per views. The uh, perfect pay per view bonus equals the highest point value match, and that is ten. Uh, the kickoff, the kickoff matches do not count. Uh, they're going to have tonight. They are going to have uh, just like they did last week with the men's. They're going to have a, a war games match, uh, advantage match for the women's. Uh, this is not a ladder match. This is going to be a straight-up fight between Shotzi Blackheart and Raquel Gonzalez. That should be fun, and that's going to lead into War Games this Sunday night. Uh, Team Shotzi, she, uh, during the past uh, couple days, uh, they've showed videos of Shotzi working on her tank and, and welding stuff. Uh, Ember Moon and Rhea Ripley both uh, wanted to join the team. Shotzi said yes. Team Candice got her, uh, her team together last week, including a shocking heel turn. From Tony Storm, I did not see that coming at all. 
Uh, maybe we can get into that on a later date, but uh, we're going to get going on this one now. So, uh, John DeCani, I'm sorry, John Smith, as our senior NXT correspondent, um, who do you got in this? Who's the mystery partner? And, that, and I'm sure they'll announce it tomorrow night. I think it's kind of obvious. Uh, and then maybe who do you got in the advantage match as well? Um, in the advantage match, I think it is a ladder match. I thought I saw it advertised that. Maybe, maybe not. Um, I, I got Shotzi either way winning that one. Um, I the, the the match at War Games, geez, it's so tough because you don't even know who the fourth person is. Is it going to even matter? Um, but I I gotta go with Shotzi's team because they've been they've been you know shoving her up our butts for the past three months ever since they started promoing Halloween Havoc. So yeah, yeah. All right, John DeConi. Yeah, I, th I think uh, Shotzi takes the advantage match, and I I'm thinking. Obviously, I am nowhere near as in tune with NXT as uh, as John Smith is, but I'm thinking maybe there's some kind of a, a brawl around the ringside, and that's where we get the confirmation of who the fourth person is, which I, I think we all presume is going to be EO, and maybe she helps Shotzi get the win over uh, Raquel to get the advantage, and then I think with uh, you know Shotzi. Shotzi's new tank rolls down to to cage side. Uh, you know, I think the the faces are going to take it at uh, War Games. All right, uh, I'm going to skip my turn because John DeConi has pretty much said everything I was going to say. Ryan Joy. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say what everybody's been thinking. The mystery partner is obviously Jesse Kamea, right? <laughs> uh, so my my predictions are are different. I'm going to pick Raquel in the advantage match. Um, and Shotzi at the War Games match, Shotzi's team. All right. Uh, this past Wednesday, we had an, uh, we, I don't think we've ever had an NXT edition of the Kevin Owens show. It was actually really fun. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Owens, you know, calling out all those other, I'll never say a guy's name, or else he's going to come out, and then he brought the fourth chair in before Priest came out. Oh, just fun. Uh, <laughs> it, it was a lot of fun from KO. Uh, but then... Uh, let me holler if I can play, uh, I guess, William Regal with a Teddy Long <laughs> impersonation. Uh, he declared that this match, the NXT North American Championship, uh, Leon Ruff said that he would take them both on at the same time, and that is exactly what is going to happen. Um, and with that, I said last week, oh, I forgot to take the screenshot of it. Last week, I, uh, I said to myself that this match was going to happen. I wanted points to be on the line. I got it. I'm going to take Leon Ruff. So I actually I texted you within 20 seconds after that match was booked as I went on the ProWrestlingPickem.com and made Leon Ruff my selection. So, Ryan Joy, are you with me or are you against me? Is it sudden death rules? I, I do not believe this is sudden death. I believe this is just a normal triple threat match. Ryan, <laughs> please, we call it instant victory on this show. Slant <laughs> <Plant> positive. Um, <laughs> well... Yeah, I'm with you. Leon Ruff. All right, John DeConi. Yeah, yeah. I, I Not only do I think it's rough, I think uh, maybe uh, uh, Johnny hits the one final beat and Ruff maybe drop kicks him out of the ring and he actually gets the pin on Damien. Oh, get through the pin, Damien, please. All right, now, John Smith, before we get to your pick, uh, the, the, the stream mask guy, Johnny's, Johnny's stream guy, he showed up again and said, we're making the dumb assumption that's Austin Theory. 
Uh, I, I think Johnny's got something up his sleeve here. That's the only thing that's concerning me with my Leon Ruff pick. Um, I, I think that is going to segue itself into more Johnny and Damien stuff. I think if the screen mask guy shows up, it's not going to cost Leon Ruff the title. Um, I think he's going to he's going to win because that title is on a one way track. You know where it's going? To the moon, baby. That title is going to the moon. Speaking of which, uh, Cameron Grimes, uh, he defeated Tony Atlas by screaming to the moon, followed by his cave-in. Uh, then Dexter Loomis appeared with a strap to keep Cameron Grimes from running away from him. Uh, so here we go. We have a strap match between uh, Cameron Grimes and Dexter Loomis. Uh, John Smith. Is this 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 is a payoff you've been waiting for, and you love these both. I love Cameron Grimes, but I know you're a huge Loomis fan too. Um, is, is this is this the perfect ending to this? It is, but I don't know who's going to win. Honestly, like the you know, it, it's it seems obvious that that Loomis would win, but I feel like Loomis's next big feud is going to come out of the way this match finishes. But uh, I, I can't put my finger on who that might be or what it what might happen. So I'm going to stick with Loomis because I can't really, you know, come up with another situation. All right, Ryan Joy. I think Cameron Grimes has this. I don't. You say that pretty confidently. What's that? I'm sorry. You say that pretty confidently. I I don't have a lot to go with it, and John Smith's justification cut out for me, so I didn't get to hear that. So. I'm going to John DeConnie. Uh I think you know, I think this is one of those situations where uh as thoroughly entertaining as Grimes has been, Loomis seems to be getting the best of him every step along the way here. So I think it's got you know, it's not really a rivalry unless the other guy gets a victory here or there. So I think maybe Grimes uses the strap to choke out Loomis. Uh, I'm gonna go with Grimes here. Yeah, I got Cameron Grimes as well by hook or crook. I'm not confident with the pick at all because this could be easily just be as cut and dry as Loomis crushes him and it's over and then it's, you know, off to Dexter Loomis and then you have the North American title uh, at some point. Um, I, I'm just, I'm just kind of hoping you know, by hook or crook, you know, Grimes has done it. He's beat Finn Balor. Uh, he beat somebody else. That he was, I can't remember what the top of my head. He beat somebody else he wasn't supposed to beat. Um so I, I, nobody, honestly, in my head, I'm not giving Grimes a chance, which means Grimes has a huge chance to, to win this match. So I'm going to go uh, Cameron Grimes. Uh, a match that hasn't been officially booked yet, we'll discuss it just in case, because uh, she did defeat Timothy Thatcher with the hoverboard lock, uh, with Tommaso Ciampa watching. So it looks like Ciampa and Thatcher are on a collision course here, uh, John DeConnie. Um, if this does happen at TakeOver, they do announce this tomorrow night because normally TakeOvers are five matches. I know with War Games, they kind of it, it might be dumbed down to four to make sure there's enough time uh, for both War Games matches. But uh, just in case, let's, uh, let's, let's pick uh, Ciampa and Thatcher here. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, you know, he, he's on a, a quest to clean up the, the people he's, he doesn't care for in the locker room. I think uh, Thatcher's just where he starts. I completely agree. Ryan Joy. Yeah, Tomasa Champa and that. I just think he's the stronger, stronger guy right now. All right, John Smith. Yeah, definitely. Definitely Champa. Yeah. 
And this is another funny thing. It's gonna you hear Timothy Thatcher's music come out. It's gonna be uh, not CFO, kind of like when when Chompa fought Tony Atlas. You know, this whatever, just like generic music, and all of a sudden, no one will survive. And it's just like it's just completely night and day uh, between Tommaso Champa and and everybody else. It's just yeah, Champa's just gonna just gonna roll over this guy. Um, and then in the last match uh, last week. Pete Dunne defeated Kyle O'Reilly in that ladder match uh, to earn the War Games advantage for Team McAfee. Uh, uh, they said P uh, Pat McAfee was actually in Indianapolis. Uh, he actually showed up and cost Kyle O'Reilly the match. So here we are right now, once again, because you cannot say War Games uh, without the undisputed era. They have been in all, this is now their fourth one. Um, in the four-year history that War Games has been in NXT. So John Smith, as our senior NXT correspondent, yeah. This is another tough one. I'm going with Team McAfee, though. Not not because of Pat McAfee, but because of the bruiser weight. All right. Ryan Joy. I like Pete Dunn. I like him a lot. But the good guys always win War Games. So I'm going with the Undisputed Era. All right. Uh, the Undisputed Era is one and two. They did win in heels in the first one, correct? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. okay. <laughs> Don the it's funny because they can say the Undisputed Era, they were 3-0 in their advantage matches, which right. they always had the advantage. So this is the first time they haven't had the advantage, but they're one and two, so it hasn't really paid off for them. You know? like this John Connie. Uh, this is definitely the hardest pick of the night. I'm going to go with Team McAfee just because I think something's bubbling in the undisputed era, and I, I, I can't put my finger on it yet, but uh, I think it may play out in front of us here. Uh, I don't know what that might be, but I think it winds up costing them the match. Okay, uh, I'm going to agree. I'm going to go Team McAfee as well. I said something just needs to change with the undisputed era. There needs to be something. I don't know if I, I might be as bold to call both Roddy and Bobby turning on Kyle and Adam. Uh, I, I don't know. Kyle's not turning because he, he obviously, you know, he had jumped by Pete Dunn and then just had the match. I don't think it's Kyle, uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Obviously, it's not, it's not Cole. Uh, you know, they're the leader. But I, I, I think I think Roddy and Bobby are better suited as heels or whatever. And I just think so. I, there's going to be some kind of swerve here. I think this is going to be the last time. You see the four of them walk the aisle together, uh, unfortunately. Uh, and I, I'm going to go with Team McAfee. So I said that a couple of weeks ago. I might as well just stick with it. So that will do it for War Games. Wow, hour 45. Okay, so we're going to wrap this up pretty quickly. We are going to do uh, my WrestleMania top 30 uh, favorite matches. We are at number 17. Uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail on this match because we don't have the time. But – God, if there was one match in this in this history that just completely just pissed off the entire wrestling world and sent the internet into a complete uproar, but yet made this guy probably the happiest guy in the entire universe. Ah! <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> <laughs> Yes! Good old sledgehammer. Boom. Down goes Sting. One, two, three. 
Yeah, you you can't hack the WWE. Yeah, that's a oh, stink. Oh, done. Oh, that made me so happy. God, Triple H. You know that was that was great. Uh, fun little you know, the, the 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 invasion aspect of it. They brought it back because uh, neither Hunter or Sting was involved back in the invasion back in 2001, and uh, neither were really DX or the NWO. Uh, so it was a kind of nice little final, uh, you know, meeting with those guys. We got to see what we didn't see, uh, during the invasion angle, uh, for obvious reasons. Most of them contractual between, you know, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Hogan, and Sting. Um, but yeah, that's just, <laughs> oh, that just, just warms the cockles of my heart. It's <laughs> just terrorizing. Yep. Okay. So now we're just going to do a couple quick promotions and we'll get you guys out of here. Um, on to the giveaway. There we go. Jim the Anvil Nyhart signed 8x11 photo. Uh, courtesy of Sideline Sports and WWE memorabilia. All you have to do is go to this YouTube video link, uh, which if you're on YouTube, you're, you're already good to go. If you're on Facebook, the link should be attached to the post uh, where you're watching. Hit the subscribe button, RKO that notification bell, and comment on this video with the hashtag EWPAnvil. Uh, we'll be announcing the winner at 200 subscribers, so we make sure you're tuned in for when we are announcing the winner. Uh, make sure you tune in every Friday night at 6 p.m. to the Primetime Rundown, powered by StreamYard with Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca. Uh, they took the week off last week for the holiday. They are back this Friday to talk everything non-scripted sports and probably Wolf Fuller's suspension. Womp, womp. <laughs> Hey. Well, where is this guy? I had him in three leagues. <laughs> uh, here at the Essential Wrestling Podcast, we are proud to be the first to announce uh, an upcoming show prior to social media. The Primetime Rundown interview series uh, will be welcoming uh, Detroit Red Wings television broadcaster Ken Daniels on Wednesday, December 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern. For more information, please go to theeasternobserver.com. Um, and with that, the Eastern Observer has partnered uh, with uh, the Jamie Daniels Foundation. Today is uh, – there we go. Sorry about that. Uh, today is Giving Tuesday uh, where donors make a difference. It's not too late uh, to make sure you uh, get a gift and provide to those who are suffering from substance abuse disorder. Uh, this is the Jamie Daniels Foundation to help the end the battle of uh, child substance abuse. Please go to jamiedanielsfoundation.org, or for more information, you can also go to theeasternobserver.com as well. Uh, as we are promoting uh, pretty much most of the show for Ryan Joy, we have the Daily Wrestling News Show. Um, lost here there we go uh the daily wrestling news show uh it's every monday through thursday morning at 10 a.m ryan you want to there we go there we go uh ryan uh you want to give us a call about tomorrow's show tomorrow's show uh special guest host will be john DeConi, and we will be talking about the recently announced 2020 wwe slammies making our predictions and perhaps making some funny anecdotes along the way. Tune in for that. Also, Ryan, we're going to stick with you real quick. Uh, are you still having your uh, pre-order sale? 
Oh yeah, pre-orders pre-orders for the rest of the year. Uh, Ten dollars for the book. It's going to be close to a thousand pages, all color, beautiful. Um, but it is Giving Tuesday, so go give your ten dollars to a good cause instead. All right, and then Ryan, we're going to stick with you one more time. I actually, what happened to the thing? I don't know. Tell us about the Body Slam Brigade, buddy. We took a week off last week, so no issue. But you should be able to get your your news through the Daily Wrestling News Show, but. If you prefer the written word, do subscribe to the Body Slam Brigade at bodyslambrigade.com and get yourself something to read whenever you need something to read, Al. All right, sounds good. And I just want to shout out to uh, Tempe Smith. She is in on the annual contest. Make sure uh, you do what she did. Uh, subscribe, like, hit the notification bell, and, comp uh, and comment the hashtag CWB annual. Thank you, Tempe. Oh, good luck to you. No relation. What's that? <laughs> no, no relation. No relation. <laughs> uh, make sure uh, Black Cast. There we go. Uh, Black Cast, a new album, Free Cake, dropped uh, a few weeks back. I don't know, November thirteenth. Make sure you pick up uh, their second album, I believe, um, that's out on all of these uh, media outlets: YouTube, Spotify, Pandora, anywhere you get your music. Make sure you get the Black Cats NYC and their new album, Free Cake. Um, and then next week on our show, it won't just be any normal old show. We have the North American Wrestling Alliance owner, Tony Capone, along with one of his top superstars, Amber Nova, uh, to be here with us as guest pickers for the upcoming Impact Final Resolution show. Uh, so you, be sure you check out the relaunch of the North American Wrestling Alliance. Where did the jingle ball go? There we go. Uh, their show, Jingle Brawl, which is on Saturday, December 19th at 7 p.m. on Fight TV, uh, where Amber Nova, Davey Boy Smith, Bushwhacker Luke, the Nasty Boys will all be there. Uh, they did announce Gangrels. He's got a first, uh, his first match is booked. Uh, I'm sorry, his match is booked. It's the first one booked for the show, Gangrel. Uh, he is fighting. Amber Nova's fighting. And they also, there's going to be a tournament for the Hercules Cup, uh, which is dedicated to the late Hercules, uh, the mighty Hercules. Uh, from power and glory and other things uh, all over the years. Uh, Hercules was a great mainstay in the late 80s and early 90s. Um, so that will do it for us today. Uh, Ryan, Joy, anything from your end? I think we the back half of this show has been commercials for me, so I'm good. <laughs> all right. John Smith. No, I'm good, man. Enjoy war games, everyone. Yeah, John DeCani. I'm ready to wrap up. How about you? I'm ready to wrap it up as well. Alexa Bliss, we love you. We always love you. Always remember that. Tegan Knox, get well soon. We miss you. I, I, oh, I missed her with war games. She was going to whoop Dakota's ass from last year. <laughs> John McConaughey, take it home. Yes, indeed. Thanks for joining us. And as always, we wish you the best in all your future endeavors. All right. War games. 30. <laughs>